week on Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. We're going to see that the righteous live by faith. Jennifer chews chewing tobacco. And I have no way to recover from that awkward statement. <laughs> no, now we... <laughs> what in the world? Welcome to Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. We are doing something brand new, as if we didn't need more new things going on in our lives right now. Um, we're trying something new. So um, our church is committed, has always been committed, to preaching straight through scripture, straight through books of the Bible. Um, and this year we've been going through the Bible 2020 reading plan, and we have been in the book of Habakkuk um, this week, and it has been amazing. And what we're going to use this format for um, is to press deeper into the message every week, to go deeper, dig deeper into the truths, um, press out further into scriptures and into things that we've studied and things that we've looked at. Um, so we are here. We're going to be here every week. This is going to show up on Tuesdays. Um, so we hope this format serves you and um, serves you well and serves our church well and that we don't get too boring and long-winded during It'll part be good, of it. Though. I mean, because, might. I mean, what's going to happen in this it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder and get to engage. Yeah. It's going to be harder to just really set your mind to learn through a video. Mm -hmm. We know that's going to be the case. Yeah. And I, I want to bring your attention to how we frame a lot of our sermons. We use something called big truths and big ideas. The big truths are just right there in scripture. They're, they could just be the verses themselves. They're prescribed. But truths have implications. Yeah. Uh, it, it changes us. And we call those implications big ideas. And although in the sermon we say those big ideas and we kind of teach through them, they require some meditation. And so what we hope happens in these settings week over week is you're able to go back, reflect on those big ideas, and in our conversation begin to think of them in new ways, ways that challenge you, ways that impact you, maybe lead you to do some things different. And so that's the goal. And if we get at that, yeah. it's going to be cool. But yeah. work with us in it. We'll do the best we can, but we're excited. And we're going to try to make it as fun and easy to watch as we can. There's going to be some, some interesting segments that we'll kind of um, rotate through at different times, which will be great. But one of the segments is going to be our mailbox segment. And yeah. this is really vital and, right. and it'll be great for us, but it's great for you guys too in that we want you to submit questions. Um, Saturday or Sunday after the message, um, there's going to be a link available for you to submit questions um, for Daniel and I or for the guest or um, whoever preached the message that week. To I get the easy ones, you get the hard ones. No, that's not yeah, how That's the way it's going to work. It's easy ones, hard ones. No. Um, you can go ahead and write on them when you send them in. No. Hard ones for Jennifer. And you do that, not get to designate who answers the questions. But that'll be a really neat part of what we're doing during this. So anyway, I wanted to, to throw that out there. So again, this Sunday, we were in Habakkuk. So so if hey, you, before you get into Habakkuk, I got a question for you. you got honest answer. And we guys, need right? to get used to this. Yeah, right? yeah. This you need to. You really do need to get used to this. Okay. All right. So honest answer. Have you ever chewed chewing tobacco? No. You struck me as the kind. Doesn't she kind of strike? I mean, you grew up in this area. I thought it might be a thing. No, no chewing tobacco in your history. None whatsoever. Is this a serious question? Right? Yeah, yeah. No, there was no, none of that. No. Not okay. Three, my, no, I don't want to, I don't think I want to know the reason. All right. So here, here's the real reason I ask. I know this sounds dumb. I can't ever think of Habakkuk and not think of chewing tobacco. It's like the greatest name ever, Habakkuk Chewingbacker. Like it's it just it, I, I associate the two. Every time it's said, it's what I think of. So I wanted to share that with them and find out if you ever chew chewing tobacco. So we hope that spiritually uplifted you and helped you go deeper into scripture. 
You really you never have? Never? Never? I never did, but I just, I mean, no. Okay. okay. You were in the book of Habakkuk this week, and if you are not um, joining us in the Bible 2020 reading plan, we're finishing up the Old Testament this week um, reading. And uh, my son said he was excited to get into the book of Matthew and get into the New Testament reading because you can actually take more time in a book. <laughs> because we were like cramming all these last books of the Old Testament in there together. So he's a little excited about that. But anyway, we've been in Habakkuk. Um, and we learned yesterday during the message this weekend that um, Habakkuk was a prophet um, during the pre-exilic times. So here was the thing. This message blew me away this week, and, and my husband preached it. However, for the times that we're in right now, this was an amazing message for our church family and, and for all believers everywhere. But what got you specifically, and this is going to be a segment, we'll just, we'll just say, this is going to be a segment that Daniel and I are going to try to do every week, and it's going to be the what got you segment. What stood out to us? What jumped out at us? So what got you out of this week's message in Habakkuk? Uh, the resolve that goes hand in hand with faith. Mm. Like, the idea that our faith is just easy, and yeah. because we have faith, that means our life is just smooth. Like, again, the, really, it's not just Habakkuk. It's been all these prophets have just destroyed yeah. that idea. And what you see in Habakkuk is he is called to look forward in faith even though his circumstances are going to be very unpleasant. Yeah. And so your, your faith, again, we talked about this in Daniel, so far beyond what you see, so far beyond what you experience. And I think the thing that's just stuck out to me, probably through Habakkuk and even longer into all these minor prophets, is the resolve of faith. Faith isn't something that comes easy. Yeah. It is something we set our heart, our mind. You know, we, we have a great reading guide now that goes week over week along with the reading plan. And it uses those aim terminology. So it uses no, feel, do, want. Okay. Faith, same thing. It, it is purposing yeah. ourselves to resolve, to trust in God's word and his revelation beyond what we experience. That was huge for me. Yeah. What about you? Well, and to ping off of that, that was huge for me, but to ping off of that is I'm not good at that. Like, um, I sometimes feel like a failure in that I worry or I have fears or I have concerns. But here's the thing that I loved and that Mike brought out in this message was Habakkuk had the same things. It started there in those first two chapters of Habakkuk. That's exactly where he started. Fears, questions, yeah. concerns. Um, and I love the part where, you know, Mike said Habakkuk's theology was dead on. Yeah. It was spot on. Yeah. But he didn't understand the ways of God and the way he works things out. So what I loved and what got me was Habakkuk started with fears and worries and concerns and questions. He didn't stay there. Yeah. And so we get to chapter 3 and we see Habakkuk bending the knee to God's sovereignty in whatever way God chooses to work. And... And the phrase that kept going over and over in my brain, I actually wrote it down, was Habakkuk began to purpose in his mind yeah. that things were not just happening to him. All these things were happening for him. And so I started thinking about the stuff that's happening to us now, yeah. which in no way compares to our nation being taken over by, <laughs> by the Babylonian Empire coming in and just destroying the nation. But the things that we're walking through right now, it's not easy. I mean, it's yeah. difficult, the change and the inconsistency and the insecurity. And so it's very easy to sit there. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later, but it's very easy to sit there and say, well, all this is happening to me and to get so overwhelmed with those fears and those concerns. 
or to say, these things are happening for me, and so Lord, what do you have for me in the midst of this? And Habakkuk, Habakkuk is a picture of that, and so that was that was really good for me. So l- let me balance the transparency for those of you that are listening. So uh, it, this, it's not this clean or this polarized, but you talked about the anxiety mm-hmm. and the worry. So I think that today for most of our audience, especially our younger audience, that's gonna be the predominant personality mm-hmm. that comes into that. But that's not really mine. Like I, I'm not gonna struggle with the anxiety worry, but it's not because I don't have temptation or struggle in it. I, I'm a little bit of an old soul. I'm gonna relate more with probably some of the older demographic and I'm gonna be tempted to try to fix it okay. and change it. So in my ambition, in my drive, and all those types of things, if I'm him, I can't just rest, even in the revelation of God, I'm gonna go fix it all. Yeah. And you even see that right now it, among our church and our people, the number of people who think the solution is, we're gonna go fix it, we're gonna fix our country, yeah. we're gonna fix all this stuff, and we're gonna make it great. And I'm wired to try to go fix those things. Mm-hmm. And that's just as much of an error, and just as much pride on one side as it is the other. And so what you're hearing in that is two different people as they wrestle with this call to faith and how in their personalities and their weaknesses, there's tensions in that. So mine might not be to worry, but mine's gonna be to try to do more myself than I should do and to think higher of myself and our actions than we should. And so that's, that's a good balance to that. My guess is, for those of you listening, you're gonna have some weaknesses and some bent along one of those lines it's going to tempt you a little bit to kind of water down your faith in the setting. Yeah, so almost for you, you're going to try to pull yourself out of and yeah. fix those situations right. that God has for you. That's right. That God's still designed for you. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not comfortable with what I want. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Sermon review. Sermon review. That's but, right. Okay, so we are going to bring in um, a, a great, a great man. Um, a great, You're fond of him, aren't I'm, you? I'm a little fond of him. Uh, we're going to bring in my husband, Mike, um, and he is going to review um, the sermon this week. Um, and so for those of you who haven't had a chance, um, if you weren't in the service on Sunday, um, you can watch that sermon online before you watch this, or you can watch it later did in the you, week afterwards. Or Did you ever watch Price is Right when you were a kid? I don't know how to answer your question. Yes, I did. did. It's my grandmother's did. favorite show. Yes, okay, I right. Watched. So why don't you call Mike down? Like you call remember, the, down? like the yeah, you, you know. Then I need the long microphone. All right, with all the right. Come on down. No, right, but he no, we're not, that's not going to happen. But Mike's going to come and he's going to recap the sermon and we're going to kind of talk about that together. All right. All right. So this is fun. Behind the message, good to be here with you guys. Good to be here with my sweet wife. I don't think we've ever done anything like this before. People don't see us together. We really are married. This is awesome. So, all right, let's go over Habakkuk a little bit. It's like we talked about this weekend. You guys could tell I personally love the book of Habakkuk. It's just been so, uh, God's used it so much in my life. I'm just thankful for the book of Habakkuk. So, uh, Daniel, question for you really quick. What's your favorite brand of chew Habakkuk? Uh, Habakkuk. I don't know any. That's what I'm, I, it's just, it, but it is. Every time yeah. I hear the book, I think of chewing tobacco. Okay, I'll never read the book of Habakkuk again. Thanks for that mental picture. I don't know if it, it's anyway. got to be a sound thing. I don't, but, all right. I don't so, book of Habakkuk. Here, let, let's talk about it a little bit. So, here's a prophet of God who has uh, what I think could rightly be said a problem with God as the book opens up. Mm-hmm. You get to the end of the book and he prays what I think is one of the greatest prayers of faith, one of the greatest prayers of faith in the Bible. So how does he get from the opening of the book where he has real issues with what God's doing, what God's not doing, yeah. 
Because by the time he gets to the end of the book, man, you've got a prayer of faith that's a model for us to look at, especially in the time we're living in now. So he's got a problem with God. God, look around. Uh, Judah is a mess. I mean, your law is not being honored. There's dissension. There's strife. There's contentions. Do something. Why don't you do something, God? And how that resonates with us. It says, if God, you just seem to be passive. You seem to be doing nothing. And then God comes back, verse 6, which is incredible, and says, okay, open your eyes, look around. Your perspective is so limited, Habakkuk. Would you just be humble enough to realize your perspective is so limited? And he says, look around. I am doing something. I am raising up the Chaldeans. And I know, and this, this was huge for me, and I know that you guys don't say, oh, what are we going to preach this week? And, oh, what's going on in culture today? And <clears throat> let's preach on that. So you all committed a long time ago to commit, to commit, to preach straight through the Bible this year in yeah. 2020, not knowing what was going to happen. Yeah. So to land in the book of Habakkuk at exactly this time yeah. was truly a work of God. Yeah. And um, it could not have been more clear um, of a message for us yeah. this week. It was, it was really powerful. Yeah. It was good. So the sufficiency of God's word. Here's Habakkuk. He's wrestling. God, why don't you do something? God says, okay, I'm going to do something. I'm raising up the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. They're going to come in. They're going to wipe out Judah. Mm-hmm. So then Habakkuk's posture is, oh, God, don't do that. Yeah. I, don't like, I don't like your passivity the way I perceive your passivity. Now I don't like your activity. God, don't do that. So Habakkuk, we see this prophet of God having a real wrestling match. And how we can resonate with this, you appear to be using evil, the evil Babylonians. And by the way, there's never an issue of who's in charge of this. God says, I'm doing it. I'm raising up the Babylonians and I'm sending them to Judah. Habakkuk doesn't wrestle with that. Habakkuk wrestles with how can you, the Holy One, who can't even look upon evil, how's it just and right that you can use these evil, wicked Babylonians to come and carry out your good purposes for Judah? How is that right? So there's this struggle in Habakkuk of the ways of God. And I think we all wrestle with Mm -hmm. that. God, your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. We know that verse from Isaiah. But man, when we're living in the midst of it, that's Mm -hmm. a struggle. Mm -hmm. So that's where we find Habakkuk. And then what God does is incredible. God speaks. God gives revelation, just like what we have here. There wasn't some big mystical, magical thing that happens. God speaks. And reveals himself just like you, we have that we have the revelation of God here and basically says okay what I'm going to show you I want you to write it down and I had never noticed that like I noticed it this time here we are 2600 years later reading this revelation that God said okay write this down that it may run and there's different conjectures of what that means but the idea is here we are in, in strengthened in our faith and our walk with God by what was written down 2600 years ago by Habakkuk the power of God's word and just living word in our life. So God says, okay, I, uh, I want you to write this down. And here, here's the way he begins. The, the proud, he says, as for the proud, their soul is not right within them. Verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4, the pivot verse of the whole book. In other words, the proud, I understand the proud, the, the wicked, they're, they're characterized by pride. But God says, I'm going to continue to even use that wickedness for my purpose. And one of my purposes, I'm going to demonstrate what it means to walk by faith. Because in the midst of that, the righteous come to know me by faith. Because Paul takes that in Romans 1, Habakkuk 2, 4, and says, okay, here's what one of the things Habakkuk means. This is how somebody comes to know God by faith. 
Then the writer of Hebrews takes that same verse, Hebrews or Habakkuk 2.4, and says, this is how we endure in faith. This is how we continue as the righteous, by faith. But then it seems like in Habakkuk, it's okay. Habakkuk, destruction is coming. I am going to use the wicked. And you don't completely understand my ways. But here's the call to you. The righteous walk and live by faith. And then the rest of the book is kind of demonstrating what that looks like uh, in our lives. So that was the big truth, is the, the righteous live by faith. We live by faith. Faith is not some amorphous power out there that we try to hold on to. Faith is rooted in the person of God and what God has declared to be true, his word. So even with Habakkuk knowing what was coming, and man, that was such a good thought for us, is it a curse or a blessing to know what's coming? <laughs> <clears throat> right? If I'm going to have cancer three years from now, is it better to know about it or not know about it? Habakkuk knows the cancer's coming. Yeah. He knows the Babylonians are coming. And God says, but in this and through this, I'm going to demonstrate three what faith looks like. Yeah. So he describes the, the prideful, the rest of chapter 2, and then in the middle of that he says, but here's how you walk by faith, 2.14. The earth one day remember." Just like he's promised throughout scripture, begins, he promises this in the book of Numbers chapter 15, says it again in Isaiah 6, says it again in Isaiah 10. There's coming a day when all the wickedness is going to be replaced by glory. And just like right now, you look up on the earth and everything's filled with wickedness and the prideful. And there is a day coming when all of that will be made right and the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea, which is a picture of complete it leaves no place unfilled with the glory of God, just like the waters cover the sea. See, that, that's the faith test, though. See, you just you just described it. So when he asked, would, is it a blessing or a curse to know what comes ahead and talk about the cancer that's three years down the road, right? Yeah. That feels like, oh, no. Right. But the faith isn't to that point. The faith is well past that into eternity. What does eternity look like? And what we tend to do yes. is get caught up in those moments. That's right whether those are present or tomorrow or three years down the road. But the blessing to know what is ultimately ahead that's right. has already been revealed to us. And that's the test of faith, to claim hold of that and not let go with all resolve, regardless whether it's cancer, whether it's a coronavirus, or it doesn't matter, it's a loss of everything around us, we look forward. That's huge. And that's really what Habakkuk is tested with yeah. in this book. It's that's what turns it for Habakkuk. Yeah. So you go, Habakkuk, how can you be, God, what are you doing? This is not just fair or right to worshiping as he does in chapter mm -hmm. 3. It's that what you just said. Yeah. He was so fixated on the Babylonians are coming. God, your ways are not right. i got to figure all this out. God, you got to help me answer your question. No, God said, hold on. Your answer is in my future promises mm -hmm. that I've already given Put your eyes back on what I have declared to be true in the future. This is so good. Then you can walk by faith now in the present. So and there should be the an absolute stark difference in how believers are responding, reacting, replying, talking about everything that's going on in our world today because we should be looking forward to what God has promised is already coming despite what our eyes see today. Yeah. And I think that's one of the saddest things is believers, in a lot of cases, are responding the same way unbelievers yeah. are responding in the moment. In the moment. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <clears throat> we it's should look if, different. And you know where the tell is? I mean, that, that's <clears throat> the tell is in the emotions. Because, see, our truth is anchored in something we claim, in this case, faith, revelation of God, truth. 
So our emotions, yes, we're going to feel sadness in the moment. We're going to feel despair in the moment. Jesus wept in the moment. Does that make sense? Right. So there is a recognition of a sorrow that's there. But there was never a place where faith was lost, where certainty drifted. Yeah. When we begin to lose our emotions to a place of despair, right. not a place of sorrow and suffering. Yeah. Sorrow and suffering is a huge part of the Christian life. Yeah. But when you go into despair and hopelessness and you feel lost, yeah. that's not being anchored in truth. That's not setting your emotions according to what God has revealed. Right. That's losing the faith <laughs> battle. Yeah. Oh, man, we could chase that so much for time. I, I want to chase that because Habakkuk doesn't go into despair. Just reading Pilgrim's Progress with our daughters where there's this We're giant doing that despair. Too. He pulls... Lena thinks it's boring. Do your kids, yeah. do your kids are they into it? What, Maya loves it. Malia, it, I don't know if she really gives a rip right now. But anyway. Right. Sorry, sorry. sorry. That was called them out. That's so, sad. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> they can't watch the, No, just kidding. But despair <laughs> pulls him into this place of isolation. Habakkuk never goes there because he continues to lament. He continues to have this honest, soul-shaping yeah. dialogue with God. So here's what we have to be careful, even in the season we're in is if we withdraw to the point where we're left to our own mind and our own thinking, that'll lead us to despair. And God says, no, draw your attention back to me. Yeah. Bring your tough questions, and I'm going to steer you to my word, yeah. which will not change, so you'll be able to walk by faith instead of this despair, yeah. which is a temptation. But also, Habakkuk never denies the reality that the Babylonians coming is, yeah. is a bad thing. I mean, even get to chapter three, and he says, it gives me a liver quiver, is the way I got it. In other words, it literally tears my insides up. You like that? Not really. <laughs> it, it, it's tearing my insides up to think about what's coming. Yeah. So he doesn't deny the emotion and the reality of it, but that's not what dictates his worship and the way he responds in faith. What God has declared to be true, which over, it oversees all of it. Yeah. And here's this little segment in the moment of things not going my way, right. so to speak. God's word overshadows all of it. So that was the big idea, number one, was that enduring faith trusts in the promises of God, the future promises of God. Yeah. The book of Habakkuk is written like, okay, faith is going to come as you look in the future. Mm -hmm. It's certain. God's declared it to be true. Then you get to chapter 3, and he looks back to God's incredible faithfulness to the nation of Israel and how he's walked them through salvation history to bring them to where they were. And Habakkuk has to stop and say, in all of that, mm -hmm. in verse uh, 13, I think it is of chapter 3, in all that, what were you doing? It says this, God, you were coming out, mm -hmm. making yourself known for the salvation of your people. Therefore, it's no different now. Mm -hmm. I mean, your goodness and your ways are no different now. I don't quite understand it, but it's still, you are carrying out the salvation and the redemption that you just that you said you're going to do way back all the way to Abraham, and now you've shown you're going to do all the way into eternity future. So it's this, I can look back, see God's faithfulness. I can look ahead and see God's faithfulness. That's what takes us into that great prayer. Habakkuk says, okay, even though it makes my stomach turn inside out of what has to happen, yeah. I'm going to worship in the midst of it because you are faithful to your promises. And I think that was so good that you laid it out there so plainly that faith does not deny reality. It doesn't yeah. deny circumstances. It doesn't yeah. deny what's going on. Because I think there is a segment of uh, the Christian population that might think that faith would say, even about current circumstances, um, 
well, I don't need to dwell on that. I, that's not really happening. That's all false. That's all, um, people are just making that up and politicizing and they tamp down the reality of whatever. If it's a disease, if it's a uh, whatever is going on politically, they deny the reality of the severity of things because they think if they acknowledge that, that that's not living by faith. Yeah, that's but that's right. not what Habakkuk did. So take that to the extreme really quick. I'm going to chase a tangent. That's the health, wealth, prosperity movement that says, if you name it, it will be so. Yeah. Take that idea that faith denies reality. Faith can even shape reality, and I can make it whatever I want to be. That's not faith. That's faith and faith. That's not humbling myself to the greatness and the promises of God and trusting Him. That's believing in some kind of supernatural foo-foo does faith. That's not <laughs> biblical faith. Faith embraces reality for what it is, but knows God's promise and His character supersedes all of that. Yeah. And I can walk by faith. In and it, I so. love that we have a liver quiver and we have foo-foo faith. <laughs> and we have foo-foo dust. We have Danny with his spit cup and his favorite brand of Habakkuk. You, anyway. That's, that's, all right. So so we've gone longer already than yeah. we need to. But I, I want to take us back to a segment we call Talk About It. Now, yeah. we've been already been talking about it. Yeah. But let's talk about it. One thing I want us to talk about. You used a great, I think, just a great handle. And you contrasted being seeing yourself as a victim mm -hmm. or a victor. Mm -hmm. And all the big ideas that you laid out Sunday, they work together in past, present, and future. And one of the things I've noticed right now, even in, in just, just daily life, is there are people who choose to see themselves as a victim, and they're enduring this, and they're just waiting and hoping yeah. for it all to go away. Then there are people who, by faith, regardless what's going on in the world, they're choosing to see themselves with victory. Past, present, and future messes with us in this. And so what I want to do is just kind of let you guys, not so much from Habakkuk, but personally, mm -hmm. how does the temptations of our past, mm -hmm. the temptations of the present, or the temptations of the future keep us from really living in victory of faith? Does that make sense? So again, like when you think about your past, you have scars. Mm -hmm. When you think about the present, you have suffering mm -hmm. that you're going through. And when you think about the future, although it is certain and it's present in front of us, it's scary. Mm -hmm. Because along the way, there, there is the cancer. There are the hard things. And we may see past all that, but it's scary. So you have this, uh, these temptations mm -hmm. in that, how do we overcome those? What does that need to look like in the Christian life? Yeah. So I'll just, I'll just say first, the victim mentality is the opposite of walking by faith. So the righteous will walk by faith that I can trust. God's promises will not change, have not changed. They don't change in the past. They're not changing in the future. No matter what I experience, mm -hmm. what God has declared to be true is rock solid. Mm -hmm. So the victim mentality wants to take on this idea of victim basically because it gives power. It gives them power to determine, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do this, I deserve this, I don't deserve this, and even say, I deserve this from you because I'm the victim, and it skews all of life that you see because you become the entitled one and really the one who's in power because somebody owes you something, mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of grace. I think... And, and we can't live a life of gratitude. We yeah. can't live a life of hope. We can't live a life of, of surrender and walking by faith because we, we play this role of, no, I'm entitled 
somebody owes me something, this has become my identity rather than who God declares me to be because of this experience I went through. And it jades the joy and the victory that we can have in Christ. I interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, I was just thinking, what does, like in, in my past, in a person's past, what causes things in my past to keep me from walking on in victory? Um, when you were talking about past, present, future, and I was even thinking it would it would be very easy for for people because of past experiences, and I'm even thinking personally myself if if I were to think of um, ways that I could very easily give into fear or worry or concern because of things that have happened to me in the past, and I'm even thinking about. Uh, Mike's mom and dad, my dad being sick, going through your dad, going through trials, going through struggles, going through sure. illnesses, going through um, uh, sudden loss. That that would be really easy for me to live in. Oh, that could happen at any time. That could um, there could be another diagnosis. There could be anything like that coming down the road again. And I could I could stay there if I allowed it to be. Oh, that happened to me, and it could happen to me again. But if I can, by pressing into God's word and into his presence, realize those things happened and they were allowed to touch my life for me. Mm-hmm. And what, what, were, what were those things for? And we've, over the past several years, walking through things like that, we've realized some things that they're for. And I think clinging, just like in Habakkuk, where he recounted the faithfulness of God in the past, if we can continue to live by recounting God's faithfulness in situations that weren't good, but not living in fear of things like that happening again. So, you know, for me, in the past, it's those things were for me. God was for me in those situations, and God is for me today in these present circumstances. He's for my family. Um, that that helps shift my my thinking and my heart, um, and focusing my heart toward the Lord instead of toward those circumstances. I think one of the issues too when we talk about this that. You mentioned it in the sermon review talking about Habakkuk. There is this question of why would you use these evil people Mm -hmm. against us, the good people? And that's a broken understanding. It's a broken understanding. So even like my daughter, is, is we pray, so often we pray, God, reveal who you are. Reveal more of yourself and reveal who we are. Because we don't just struggle to understand who God is. Mm-hmm. We also struggle to understand who we are. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, I joke a lot about being an only child and so selfish, but the truth is when we look back at the past and we see our scars and in the present we experience our suffering, we become scared for our future. Yeah. And what we're doing in that moment is we're so self-centered. We're seeing the future wrapped up in our experiences, our comfort, our relationships, all those things, and we're not seeing the future for the glory of God. And what we have to count on in that moment of faith is, I am created for the glory of God. That is my purpose, that's why I exist. That's who I am and who I'm set apart to be. But God, who he is, Mm -hmm. he is loving and merciful and is redeeming what is broken. Mm And I can trust him to take all my scars and all my suffering and work them all together for good in the future beyond anything I can imagine, beyond my fears, beyond how scared I am, right? I mean, I can do that. And so that 
that picture is a picture of the battle of faith. Mm -hmm. It's reaching past the scars, past the suffering, past the scares, past the future fears, mm -hmm. and trusting in who God is yeah, that's right. in spite of who I am. Yeah. Right. And once we get our mind around that, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. A whole different thing. Final thoughts before we go into the mailbag? Well, how ton we could say. I mean, I, I, the prayer that Habakkuk, where he ends up, is such a... Yeah. God, by your grace, by your spirit in me, that's what I want to model in my life and to continue to pursue. Yeah. Is even though, mm -hmm. just fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even though everything around me unravels and mm -hmm. the fig tree really doesn't blossom mm -hmm. <laughs> and whatever that may be, yet I will exult. Mm -hmm. My heart, my soul, my mind is fixed on the glory of God, mm -hmm. the goodness of God, his word, and out of that comes this, and the Lord God is, mm -hmm. is, past, present, future, is my salvation. Yeah. And that's not just about my own private worship. That's what the world is to look at us and see yeah. in the middle of the coronavirus to see, man, the contentment of their heart and the stability of their lives models there is a God in heaven in whom they serve. And that brings them such glory yeah. beyond my inconvenience yeah. and beyond what, I'm distressed about right mm -hmm. now. God and his glory is put on display. Yeah. And that's what you see in chapter 3 of Habakkuk. God is glorified. Yeah. That's the end game. And that's what we want in our life. Yeah. So one of the neat things that we get to do on this platform is we get to take questions from you guys. So there is going to be um, a website available, a link available that you can go to. You can submit questions. It can be personal questions about... Um, this message, some things that you have that kind of came up in your own life. It can be random questions about things going on in the world or maybe questions you have about what our church is doing about certain things right now. It can be those as well. So submit your questions to us. This week in our mailbox segment, we have a question and it's this. Should TCBC call our church body to a day of prayer and fasting for America? So I'm going to pitch that to you guys. I was hoping it was about you chewing. We've got to move on. And we, we do. Um, so, okay, here's what I want to say first. The first word's really important. Should we is tricky because should implies that it's right to and wrong not to. It almost implies that there's the expectation that we should. A better way to ask it would be could we? We absolutely could. It's within our freedom as the church. It's a good thing. We're called to pray. When we say should, what we're really talking about is a specific programmatic application of that. Uh, and I just want to remind everybody at Tri-Cities how much we try to weight prayer in the daily life of our church. Every one of our life groups, a fourth of their time is set aside to pray. We have services that are scheduled in advance, uh, beginning every spring, every fall, where we try to come together and pray together as a church for the advancement of the gospel. There's all kinds of ways in which we try to rally. Could we do that one? We absolutely could. Be careful how you begin to say should. Always do that as a church. That can become a very divisive thing because what you do when you say should is you begin to think this programmatic pursuit is the one we should be doing. And there's tons. We could do that with everything. Yeah. Should we go all share the gospel in Johnson City today? Well, I mean, it would be a good thing, but it gets tricky when you begin to use the word should and you begin to think of it with a, a very narrow scope. So I would say be thankful to be at a church uh, that doesn't tr that tries their best not to get like locked into one of those and really celebrate the idea that we could. There's lots of opportunities for you to do that in life group, 
Scripture clearly calls us to pray for our leaders, for our country. Do those things. Uh, and pray for your elders and your leaders and your pastors as they wrestle with what applications will we take in any given week. Yeah, I just only add, I, only thing I'd add is do that. Do it as families, do it as individuals, just what you, what you just said. Even the, only, the FDP has that stuff built into it. Yeah, it's built in. I mean, so, yes. The only thing I would add is out of Habakkuk, it's Habakkuk praise. The whole chapter 3 is a prayer. And if we're going to pray, and as we're praying, and pray with the heart of Habakkuk in verse 2 of chapter 3, where basically he says, God, okay, after I've seen your glory, what you're doing, revive your work in the midst of the years. Meaning, do whatever you have to do to bring glory to your name. So don't pray with the agenda of, God, you got to do this, that, it. But whatever you have to do to bring glory to your name. In America, and even in our case, more so the church, the people of God. Do whatever you have to do in the people of God to bring you glory to your name. I think that's the way we would have to pray. That's really good. Okay, so we are going to start wrapping this up. Um, today. In the future, we're going to have some different segments uh, stuck in here and there, which are going to be really fun. They're going to be exciting. Some stuff about today's headlines, things that are going on in the news, um, family news, things that are going on in the church, even maybe some crazy blooper reels and some different things, which will be great. Um, today, I don't have any bloopers. No, you do it perfectly every time. So today, um, Habakkuk just fit in so perfectly with where we are um, in our world and culture and society. We wanted to spend a little bit more time unpacking that. Um, but be looking for some other segments that are coming following this week. So what we want to do as we close out today, and we want to try to do this every week, is pray, not just pray for you, but actually pray scripture over you. So we're going to do that today. We're going to close out um, with just a prayer of scripture over you. And thanks for hanging in there with us for this first Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. And thank you, Mike, for being here for this one. And um, so I'll close out with praying scripture over um, us today. We're going to be in Habakkuk, of course, chapter 3, Habakkuk's prayer at the end. Um, so that's where we're going to be. So let's pray. Um, Lord, today, as not only things around us are shaking, but we ourselves are, are shaking, we feel unsteady, we feel insecure, our legs may tremble beneath us, as it says in Habakkuk. Um, Lord, we want to quietly wait for you. We want to quietly wait and though the fig tree should not blossom, and there may be no fruit on the vines, Lord, as things began to appear that um, things began to look like we're not going to be provided for, or things that have always been accessible to us are not going to be there anymore, Lord, though the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, Father, we want to rejoice in you. We want to rejoice in you, the Lord, the sovereign God of the universe. Father, we want to take joy in the God of our salvation, and I pray we can do that as a people this week. Lord, we want to declare that you, God, the Lord, that you are our strength, and that you make our feet like the deer's, and that you make us tread on our high places. Lord, we praise you for the truth of your word and how it intersects our lives perfectly, and it restores our souls. And we love you, and it's in your son's name we pray.